0: This is Legacy Battle. Catch us on YouTube, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Facebook. We're everywhere. If you want to sponsor an episode, hit us up in the comments section. We'll get a hold of you. Michael Adams here, creator of Legacy Battle. With me tonight, Gridiron Zone Zone Brian King, Penn State Collegiate All-Star Kevin Adams, Ball State athlete Paul Havocot. And we're joined tonight by a former NHLer who played 17 years in the NHL, playing over 1,000 games and recording over 1,200 points, played with the Rangers, Oilers, Devils, the Blackhawks, Sharks, and, of course, the Los Angeles Kings. You can see that behind me. Who um, He, he uh, is uh, one of only eight players to score 70 goals in a season and one of only five to reach that 150-point mark, uh, which is just very, very impressive. Of course, he went on to uh, be a coaching consultant for the Kings after he was done playing and, it was part of that Stanley Cup in 2012. I believe it was 2012. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, three-time NHL All-Star Bernie Nichols. Bernie, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, my pleasure, guys. He's going to be awesome for this topic tonight. We're debating the top five L.A. King forwards of all time. And uh, after, of course, we'll we'll have to ask some questions about his career. We're going to start out tonight, though, with uh, –
1: Let's go old school. We're going to go Butch Goring. All right, Butch Goring. Yeah. <laughs> so Butch, Butch Goring, he started with the Kings in their third season of existence, of uh, 1969 to uh, 1970 season. And he played center with them for the next 11 years. Um, during his Kings career, he averaged per season 25 goals, 35 assists, 60 points, and six power play goals. Uh, he was in the top four for the Lady Bing Trophy voting for five consecutive seasons, and he won it in the 77-78 season. He also won the Bill Masterton Trophy that year. Um, Mike Bossy actually gives uh, Goring credit for starting the great phenomenon in hockey w- with the uh, the playoff beard. He was the first one to, um, you know, to, to sport that beard, you know, for – during the playoffs till your team gets eliminated for good luck. So uh, that's actually something I did not know till I really started looking into Goering. But um, he had, uh, he also had 10 career hat tricks uh, with Los Angeles and two overtime playoff goals. And he has the second most shorthanded goals in Kings franchise history. Uh, he's second place to the great uh, Bernie Nichols, who was in first place. Um, he was dealt to the Islanders in 1979, 1980, and uh, he was the final piece of their Stanley Cup puzzle. And and they, you know, we all know about the Islanders. They turned into a great dynasty. But uh, you know, he's top ten in in all the major Kings um, offensive statistics, and he's certainly one of the best in Kings history. So Bernie
0: Butch is a is a name going back quite a way for. A lot of our younger viewers probably haven't heard of him or whatever, but he was a key piece of that Islanders, uh, you know, run when they won four cups there, which is amazing. But during his tenure with the Kings, I mean, you came in in what '83, so you, you just I missed
2: '82. Yeah, I 82. missed. what you, he was done with the with the Islanders. Right, okay. right,
0: right. So I
2: want to. I was going to ask you this because Brian brought up the playoff beard thing.
0: I mean, hockey players are so superstitious. I mean. Was that something
2: that you did, too? I mean, would you grow out the beard? We all did it, yeah. And and obviously, Butchie was the one that started it. But uh, it's a tradition now. Kids do it now. And uh, I, I like it. And I remember back in the 80s there when the, the Islanders, they had some pretty good beards at the time. So uh, I think it's pretty cool that, that NHL players do that. And... So you
0: you overtook some of Butch's L.A. Kings records. I mean, was that brought up at the time that you know you're you're passing the, the great Butch Goring? Or
2: yeah, uh, I knew who it was just because obviously you get told. But um, I miss Butch. I'm good friends with them. Uh, play a lot of golf. Butch is a good golfer as well. Uh, he was he was really key to uh, the Islanders. They had their big line with Trache, Boss, and and Clarkie, but um, Butchie was one of the guys that was the main reason why they were able to win the four cups. Uh, his, his statistics speak uh, for for himself, you know. Kevin, how important is it to have that
0: depth beyond that first line scoring to, to get you over the hump and win that cup?
3: Yeah, it's very important. I mean, if uh, you look at some of the teams that have won um, over the last, you know, decade, I mean, second, third lines became very important. I mean, Pittsburgh Penguins, they're running 16, 17. They had that HBK line, and uh, that the was a fourth short run.
2: line was great in that, but
3: yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, they, it definitely is key to have that depth um, because you need to give your stars a break here and there, and to have a third line that can put in points and score goals, it's definitely very important for a team to go deep.
0: You see that now with the Lightning, you got Kucherov and Stamp Coast. So, big one-two punches there. All right, let's move on to uh, – let, let's go to the great one. Let's, let, let's get him on the board.
4: <laughs> if anybody's heard of this guy, uh, Wayne Gretzky, his, uh, his time with the Kings is, to me, was like an action drama. So, he comes over on August 9th, 1988. The Oilers traded – Gretzky to the Kings, and the trade was – hang on here. Gretzky, Marty McSorley, and Mike Krushelnski for Jimmy Carson, Martin Galinas, and then the Kings' first-round draft picks in 89, 91, and 93. And then my favorite part, along with $15 million cash money. So – they now have Wayne Gretzky in his first season of L.A. scores 54 goals, which ends up being fourth in the league, about 114 assists, tied with Lemieux for first. Overall, 168 points finished second in the league, and were good enough to secure him the Hart Memorial Trophy. So he stays with the 88-89 season. Uh, the Kings beat Gretzky's former team in the first round, but later lose to Calgary that season. So, quickly, we move on to the 89-90 season. He put up a league-leading 142 points in 73 games, winning him the Art Ross Trophy. Most impressive accomplishment was probably breaking Gordie Howe's point record uh, on August 15, 1989. And then during this season, we experienced sadness because Legacy Battle's good friend Bernie Nichols is traded from L.A. And in the playoffs... L.A. Ex- exacts revenge upon Calgary but end up losing to the Oilers who go on to win the Cup. So, the 90-91 season, Wayne has 163 points, which ends up being third behind our prior guests, Kevin Stevens and Mario Lemieux. And then here's where it starts getting kind of dicey. Um, and he goes on to 91-92 season. He has his lowest amount of points, uh, still scoring 121, but a league-leading 90 assists. The Kings meet the Oilers in the playoffs, and Bernie Nichols leads the Oilers team to defeat the Kings, which kind of creates a buzz. Is Bernie Nichols better than Wayne Gretzky? I don't know. We'll discuss. 92-93 season, (laughs) Gretzky's injured a good part of the season, but puts up 65 points in 45 games. And they get to the Stanley Cup finals thanks to a non-call and a Gretzky high stick in uh, game six, three goals by him in game seven. But they go on to lose to Montreal, and there goes the future playoffs, you know, from, from 93 to 96. They end up failing to make the playoffs. But notably, Wayne breaks Gordy's goal record uh, by scoring his 802nd goal. So I think by all accounts, he kind of like made L.A. relevant because there was, they were fighting for some other, you know, attention from other franchises like Anaheim and San Jose had kind of entered into the scenes. So I I think he's still worthy as being an important uh, all-time king.
0: So, I mean, the Western expansion, they give Gretzky the credit for that. Uh, You know, his move to L.A., expanded the NHL. But, I mean, Bernie, you played with him. I'm sure you're going to be able to tell us a lot about him. But we kind of discussed this before the show prior. Do you feel like maybe he's more remembered as an oiler than a king?
2: Oh no, Gretz will always be remembered as an Oiler. He won four Stanley Cups there, but he'll be remembered for the guy who brought basically hockey to Southern California. You know, uh, I was there eight years before he got there, and you know we had our eight, 10,000 season seat holders. No one really knew what was going on there. You had the Lakers with Showtime. You always have the Dodgers, but when Gretz came. And it was the place to be. We had the celebrities out. Uh, place was sold out every night. It was the place to be. And uh, Wayne had a lot to do that. Bruce McNoah obviously brought uh, Wayne to L.A. And and with that, Anaheim came and, and uh, San Jose. So Gretz did a lot for hockey in, in Southern California. But he'll always be remembered as an Edmonton oiler.
0: Brian, Gretzky not winning the cup in L.A. I mean, I'm not going to say it tarnishes his legacy. He has the greatest legacy. He won our Gretzky. Well, he tied our Gretzky-Lemieux debate we had at one point. But, uh, I mean, that he was brought in to win the cup. So, does that kind of make him unsuccessful in L.A. to an extent?
1: I mean, when, when, they, when they made that trade, they probably had, you know, cups plural in mind. You know, and so for him to not win it, you know, that you have to say there was some degree of a failure. But I mean, like what you know, like what Bernie just said though, yeah. what he did for the for the Western expansion, you know, of, of hockey was just immeasurable. So in that in that light, it was a success. Yeah.
0: Let's move on to Dave Taylor. We we got eight players we're going to talk about tonight, so we're gonna we're gonna move through these quickly so we can get this all in. So. Dave Taylor, you know, I'm out tonight to prove that my two guys belong in the top five. So third in games played for the Kings, third in goals, fourth in assists, third in points with 1,069. He's the all time plus minus leader for the Kings at plus 186. That's a pretty good number. Um, And he's second all time in penalty minutes. So, you know, he wasn't afraid to scrap it up. Third in power play goals. He's a four time all star. And he was captain of the Kings from 85 to 89. Um, And he's fourth in game-winning goals. And I always love the game-winners. Man, back in the fantasy hockey days, those are worth a lot of points. You know, his whole NHL career was with the Kings, and that's 17 years. Um, He was a member of the Triple Crown line with the guy we're going to talk about later, Marcel Dion. Of course, he won a Clancy and a Masterson Trophy, you know, and that shows how much he meant to the community. Uh, of L.A., you know, Southern California. You know, some interesting facts. He's the lowest drafted player to get 1,000 career points. So that's an interesting – it was the 15th round, um, 210th overall. So, I mean, there weren't as many teams, of course, back when he was drafted. But uh, his jersey's retired by the Kings, you know, so that shows how much he means to that franchise. And after he retired, he became the GM uh, of the Kings from 97 all the way to 2006. And his record as GM was the winningest GM in King's history up to that point. So just a very, very solid player. Um, I feel like his name maybe is kind of left out a little bit in, in, in King's history. I mean, maybe uh, if you're over in L.A., it might be a little bigger. But, you know, when you, when you think stars of the Kings, he's not usually the first one that pops in your head. Um, Bernie, you, you played with him for several years. What can you tell us about his game?
2: You know what, Dave was one of those guys like, and I know you talked about the Triple Crown line and, you know, Marcel's going to get a lot of credit for that because he had the most numbers. But I played with Dave. The year I scored 70 goals, Dave was my right winger. And uh, there's no one that works harder. No one can get you the puck any better than Dave. Uh, He can score goals. He can play physical. Uh, He can do it all. And uh, his numbers speak for itself. Like you said, he was there 17 years. So Dave's the kind of guy that you have to, when you're talking top, I'm not sure if he'll make top five, but he's been a top player for L.A. for a long time and uh, just an unbelievable person. Paul, how does a
0: guy with over 1,000 points in the NHL fly under the radar like that?
4: I don't have a good answer. I mean, it, I guess what is it? I don't want to try to make up an answer, but did it have to do with being on the West Coast? Maybe the entire East Coast doesn't doesn't fall on that close. That's my only guess I could make. Hundred percent. Yeah.
0: That was that was my thoughts exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I
4: think yeah.
0: You nailed the head there. Very good. All right, let's move on to uh, Kopitar.
3: Yeah, on on Zay Kopitar. Um, you know, kind of. Uh, Learned a lot about this player. Um, You know, I always knew he was good, but after, you know, doing some research on him, man was 11th overall pick in 2005 uh, draft. Came the first Slovenian to play in the NHL when he joined uh, the team in 2006. Uh, He spent his entire NHL career so far with the Kings. Uh, He's led the team in scoring in all but two seasons uh, since 2006 of him playing with them. He was named the Kings captain after the 2016 season, taking it from uh, Dustin Brown, uh, who will be represented a little bit later. Um, He finished fourth in the Calder Memorial Trophy voting for the league's top rookie and third in scoring behind uh, Malkin and and Paul Sassny that year. Uh, He was almost immediate uh, offensive threat. He would later become a better two-way player. Uh, He won the Selkie Trophy twice, uh, once in 2016 and in 2018. Uh, He was finalist three times for that trophy. Uh, he also won the Lady Bing Trophy in 2016. Uh, in 2018, he is a Hart Trophy finalist as well. Um, two-time Stanley Cup winner with the Kings. He helped uh, win the Cup in 2012 and 2014. He's one of the league's best players currently. Um, you know, he led playoffs uh, in points both years at the Cup. The Kings won the Cup 2012 and 14. He uh, played for the National Slovenian team in the Winter Olympics. He's played for Team Europe at the World Cup of Hockey. Um... He was in the 2007 NHL Young Stars game, five-time All-Star. Uh, for the Kings organization, he's been the most popular player um, in 2007 and 2011. Uh, he won the Mark Bavis Memorial Award in 2007, uh, the Bill Libby Memorial Award five times, uh, which are awards given to Kings players. Leading score 12 times, like I said, in his 14-year career so far. Best defensive player four times for the Kings. He's currently ranked fourth in LA Kings history for points with 1,000. Third in assists with 654. And he will pass Gretzky next season. That's a given. Fourth in goals at 346. He's seventh uh, with uh, a plus 69. Um, You know, and he's one of only four players that we're talking about tonight that are on the plus side. um, And Gretzky's not one of them. Uh, So just throwing that out there. Um, He's fifth. (laughs) fifth in shorthanded goals, third in game-winning goals. He's still active. He's still kind of young. He's definitely going to probably eclipse every King record, um, or at least for points, he'll definitely pass some points, I think, because Marcel Dion's at a little over 1,300, and so he's only 300 points behind, and he still has, I'd say, easily another seven seasons left in him. What?
0: He's 33 years old. How are you getting seven seasons on? I mean, he's injured for half of this year. Seven seasons.
3: No, I think he's good. I think he's, he's not good to playing
0: go. till forty. There is no way. I think so. So well, let's let, let's go to the professional. <laughs> Bernie, Bernie is is he gonna take all? Is he taking over that scoring lead at some point? He's thirty three. He's
2: yeah. 29. I don't think so, bud. I I don't think he'll. I think he'll probably play till he's like thirty five or maybe thirty seven. Uh, you know what? And he is such a talented player. And and the thing with Kofi, he's such a big kid. Like, I didn't know that until I uh, – when I was coaching 2012. He was – he weighs, like, 228. And he's so – like, he shoots the puck so hard. Uh, like, the way he shoots it, I don't know how he doesn't score 50 goals every year. It's unbelievable. Uh, but he will – he will end up with most of the Kings records. Uh, I know Mars will be tough at 1,300. But, um, but I'm thinking he's got a thousand now. Yep. Um, if you give him, you know, he should get seventy a year for maybe the next five years. Would uh, I don't know if he's got more than five years in him. So that's going to be close. But he should have everything else because that kid's is gifted. He's strong. He's a great two way player. Uh, everybody loves him. Everybody in the team loves him. Uh, so. It'd be nice to see him do that uh, to be the, the all-time king because he's going to play his whole career there, uh, I hope. Uh, so it'd be nice to see him do it because if anybody – and, and I, I love that Mars has it. Uh, but it'd be nice if Cope could end with it.
0: Well, and a lot of these guys from, you know, that come over from the other countries – when they hit 35, and then they only, only they know they only have a year or two left, they go over and, and play like in the KHL or the, yeah. the check.
2: The check and they got a hundred million in the bank.
0: Right, right. They want to yeah. finish out their career they, where they started. They can go home. <laughs> exactly. exactly.
3: You, you give him another five seasons, and he's going to pass Dion's uh, point record.
0: Yeah. Be we'll interesting we'll see. Uh, uh, this is Hey, this is permanent record here, so I'm coming yeah, why back to this video. Why right? don't you yeah. bet that
4: Penguins
1: jersey you're wearing on it? Yeah. <laughs> Put something up if you believe in it, Kevin. I mean, I mean, you're assuming five non-injury seasons. You know what I mean? Who knows if he's going to miss another like whole season or another half a season or something like that, and that could throw things off as well. And my worry is, too, is the Kings are in rebuild. Who's to say they
0: don't? Move him
1: on. They could could deal him,
0: yeah. You never know. All right. Right. So, all right, let's let's move on to uh, Marcel Dion.
1: All right, Marcel Dion. Uh, He joined the Kings in uh, 1974-75, and he played the next 12 seasons with them at center. Uh, During his time with the Kings, he averaged 46 goals, uh, 63 assists, 109 points. Uh, 14 power play goals, plus 38 and five game-winning goals per season. Um, on the Kings franchise all-time list, he is second with 550 goals. He's number one with 757 assists. As, as mentioned earlier, number one with 1307 points. And then number one in even strength goals, shots, hat tricks, and goals per game. So, you look at that franchise uh, list. I mean, he's, his name is at the top almost everywhere. Uh, 1979 80, he led the entire NHL with 137 points. Uh, and he topped 100 points seven times while he was with the Kings. 1992, he was inducted into the H- Hockey Hall of Fame. And, and to me, I believe he has an argument for the number one player overall, not just uh, top five on this list.
0: So, Bernie, you were there. What was it like in the locker room when you guys were told that, you know, probably the greatest king of all time up to that point had been traded to New York?
2: Yeah. Um, you know, that was kind of disappointing. Uh, Mars was a sentiment. Uh, every time you get drafted to a team, uh, for every kid, right, you you kind of look at where you're going and you, you look at who's in your position, right? So, I knew other than Mars, there was no one that I would be uh, afraid of. Right. Uh, so when I get there, I got Mars and I get to watch him practice every day. I got to watch him play and, you know, things he did. Like he scored over 700 goals in the NHL. I and mean, what is he, five foot seven? I don't even know if he's exactly. that. You know what I mean? Like uh, he's, he's fast skater, uh, sees the puck, never slap shots the puck, it's always a wrist shot. You know, but uh, Marsh was just a great, great player. Gifted, worked hard. Uh, I have to give credit to a couple guys that he played with. Like I said, Dave Taylor and Charlie Simmer. Uh, every player, you need support, right? As much as one player is going to get a lot of credit, uh, playing with those two guys for that long was huge. Uh, they created so much offense, the three of those guys, and uh, you know, Mars got a lot of goals with them. So, and, you know, like you said, well-deserved. Uh, but he, he was forced to play with a couple of really good hockey players too. So, but 1,200 points, that's unbelievable. Or 1,300 points there uh, is a lot. Pretty good.
0: Paul, we don't normally rank these players when we do our top five. We just pick the five. But, I mean, is Marcel number one? I mean, is, is he like the quintessential yeah. L.A. King?
4: Yeah, that's who I think of. So, I mean, my gut says, yeah, he's perfect for the number one role.
0: The guy could score basically at will, which just incredible hockey player. He went on to the, the Rangers there for his last two years and kind of kind of played like a leadership role. You know, the, the Rangers too, in that time, I mean, they had, uh, I think LaFleur was already there too. Had a, a lot of older guys that were kind of at the end, but they were hoping maybe to get a cup run out of them. Unfortunately, I know they, they ran into uh, a very young Mario Lemieux team that, that I think was the last season for both of them there. But <laughs> all
4: right, let's, uh, let's move on to uh, Dustin Brown. Okay, Dustin Brown still there, you know, still currently playing. He's injured. This year, but uh, Dustin Brown from Ithaca, New York, selected by the Kings in the first round, uh, number 13 of the NFL uh, NHL draft, 2003 NHL draft. Uh, From 2003 to current, he's there. He has 316 goals, 368 assists, 684 points. He, uh, much like Kevin's player uh, Kopitar. He had – he was part of the 2012 and 2014 Stanley Cup, and he's had some notable success there. He's kind of a – I don't know, Dustin's kind of an underrated player, but he led the Kings in hits for 10 consecutive seasons from 2006 to 2015. He's ranked among the league's top three in that category six times over that span. He began a streak of five straight 20-goal, 50-point seasons in 2007, 2008, Uh, When we had a team leading, he had a team leading 33 goals and he ranked among LA's top three scorers in each of those seasons. Dustin won a silver medal with the United States at the 2010 Olympics, bronze with the U.S. in the 2004 World Championship. He also had three goals and eight points over 14 games at the World Junior Championship in 2002-2003. He was nominated for the King Clancy Award for Leadership, Humanitarian Service for four straight years from 2010-2013. to and received the NHL Foundation Award for Community Service in 2011 and the Marc Messier Leadership Award in 2014. So just a solid player, still there, part of those Stanley Cup years. So
0: Dustin Brown is the type of player that you need a couple of if you wanna win the Stanley Cup, in my opinion. He, he obviously could score, but he was a grinder too totally went in to the boards made the plays that needed to be made I I, I try and think back to like every Stanley Cup team and I, and I look for that one guy that he say oh he he may not be on the stat sheet every night but he is the guy that is making differences in the corners so Bernie tell, tell us about Brown I mean just a phenomenal player
2: yeah um I think his best qualities are on the leadership role. Um, You know, he's a solid, he's not a number one player on his position on a good team. He would be a a number two, maybe uh, number three, maybe number two. Uh, You know, when you're reading his statistics, 20 goals, averaging 20 goals a year, 50 points. Uh, That's not many. You know what I mean? when you're talking about guys that are scoring a lot more. Uh, But very solid player. Uh, Like I said, great leadership. Uh, The year the Kings won their first cup, Dustin uh, played very well, scored a lot of big goals. Uh, Very physical, which you need. Um, Good on uh, on shootouts too. He he did very well there. So Dustin's a good all-around player. Uh, no
0: problem. There, yeah. Kevin. It was your guy Kopitar who took the captain's captain C. <laughs> that, that's a that's a hard word. Cap, <laughs> captain's C Ooh. from 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 Brown. So I mean, what what are your thoughts about that?
3: Um, you know, and we had talked about this a little bit before, or whatever. Um, you know, a new coach came in, and or it's around the time that the new coach came in and wanted to shake things up, and sometimes that. Because the Kings kind of hit like a, a rough patch there after winning those cups, um, but I mean they had a, a I know in 1819 they had kind of a, a rough season, uh, but then in uh, 1920 uh, Dustin Brown was on a line with Kopitar, and they had a resurgence, and when that line was on the ice, they scored over 50 percent of the Kings' goals. Um, so Dustin Brown obviously you know took it like a man and you Know, continued to play hard and, and lined up with the guy that took over the captain and seen, They worked well together and they showed on the ice. I can
2: answer that question for you if you want and tell you exactly yeah. what happened. Oh, <laughs> sure. Absolutely, yeah. Well, Darryl Sutter was the coach, and if uh, if the Kings never won the cup the first year, Cole Pitar would have been captain the second year, but because they won, they couldn't. Uh, Darryl just felt that the better leader on the team was Kopitar. And so he was going to make that change immediately. So he did it the first opportunity. It was pretty tough to, to make it after win the first cup. But and, and Dustin played great then, too. But as a leader, I think he just felt Kopitar was a better leader for the team. So that's why he made the change. And he was the one that made the change. How, how did Dustin handle that? Because that, 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 that's got to be hard. Oh, for sure, and and he would take it hard anytime. You know, it was different when uh, Gresky took the captaincy from Dave Taylor, right? Because it is the great one. Uh, but that was still tough for Dave too. Dave was the captain there for a long time, and, and he deserved it. But I think with uh, I think when uh, Cope got the captain, it uh, it was tough on, on Dustin for sure. All right, let's move on to uh,
3: Lucky Luke. Yeah, Lucky Luke, he's still currently uh, in the Kings organization. Uh, he's currently the president. Luke uh, broke the tie, uh, just since, so we get his last oh, name yeah. on there. Sorry. Look, yeah.
0: <laughs> for all
3: uh, hockey fans. <laughs> <laughs> currently, currently the president for the Kings. Uh, he had a 19-year uh, career season, or 19-season career, but he's mostly known for his 14 seasons with the Kings over three different stints. Um, he served as a Kings team captain uh, when Gretzky went down, down uh, in 92-93. Um, and then he also, they gave him the captaincy uh, for 2005-2006, the last two games. Uh, and he actually ended up retiring after the 05-06 season. Um, highest scoring left winger in the NHL history, Holds several Kings franchise records, along with uh, numerous Kings playoff records. 2017, Robitaille was named one of the 100 greatest NHL players in history. Uh, this man was drafted ninth round at 171st pick in the, in the 84 uh, draft, same year as Lemieux and Patrick Waugh. That draft had some pretty big names in it. Um, Robitaille became the second player in NHL history to record uh, 1,000 points after being drafted as low as the ninth round. Uh, He won the Calder Trophy in 87, uh, named to the NHL All-Rookie Team in 87. He's an eight-time All-Star. He did win a Stanley Cup, unfortunately. It wasn't with the Kings as a player. Uh, He did win uh, the two Cups with the Kings in 12 and 14 as president of business operations. Uh, He was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2009. Uh, He's first in goals for the Kings at 577, fifth in assists with 597, uh, second in points with 1100. And 54, he's first in power play goals with 210, first in game winning goals with 73. He's definitely top five Kings forward, hands down. Hockeywriters.com they did a, a top 10 LA players of all time and put Luke at number two, only behind Marcel. Uh, the Kings retired his number and they also have a statue of him outside of the arena, you know, honoring his accomplishments. And this is not LA Kings related, but let us not forget. This man did score one of the most important goals in U.S. history, which helped save the life of the Vice President of the United States. Just throwing that out there.
0: Okay, this isn't uh, Jean Claude Van Damme movie time. <laughs> that being said, he did—he was in Mighty Ducks too, as well. So
3: yes, he was.
0: <laughs> Ber- Bernie is—is—is is, is Robitaille the greatest left
2: winger in NHL history? Well. Let's say he's the greatest goal scorer. Um, like I said before, I played with Dave Taylor the year. I scored 70 goals. Well, Luke played my left side, and Luke had over 50 that year. Uh, Luke could score goals as good as anybody. So uh, there was never a better goal-scoring left winger than Luke, in my opinion. He may not be the best all around, but I mean... Uh, Luke was so much fun to play with. He had so much fun when he played. I was there with him in uh, his rookie year. I think he had 50-some goals his rookie year. Uh, he just loved to score goals. Even to this day, he still loves scoring goals. And he, uh, as you know, he works for the Kings now, and, and everybody still loves him in L.A. He's such a, a great ambassador. And, uh, you know, working for the team now, they, they just love him there. And so... I I think Luke is definitely uh, one or two for sure for for Kings all time.
0: Brian, it was shocking for me. I I would like your opinion on this. At the end of the 93-94 season, the LA Kings trade Luke Robitaille to the Pittsburgh Penguins. It It was shocking. But the big thing was everybody was like, oh, Here is Mario Lemieux's left winger. Lemieux did not play that season. What could have Robitaille put up playing on a a year with Mario?
1: Well, I mean, you you think about other guys that were on Mario's line that were much less talented goal scorers than Luke Robitaille was. And this is when Luke Robitaille was still in his prime. So, I mean, the sky would have been the limit, really. Who knows how many goals he would have put up. I mean, it would have been been one of the probably all-time seasons for a left winger.
0: He ended up playing with Francis and, and Yager there for, for that one. That's not, it's bad not, it's not bad either. That's not bad either. But it was also – knew- it was like the lockout year, so they only got, what, 40 games yeah. or something. So. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Robotai, one of my favorite players of all time. Love him. Oh, great player. All right, let's move on to our final player tonight, and it is the one and only Bernie Nichols. So I'm going to yeah. represent Bernie tonight. So, again, I got to prove these guys of mine belong in the top five. So, fifth in goals all time for the Kings. And let's, let me point this out. He has almost 100 more than Wayne Gretzky. So, throw that out there. He's sixth in assists and sixth in points. Fifth in power play goals. First in shorthanders, man. That's, that's a huge number. He's got 25 shorthanded goals with the Kings. That's, that's a beautiful number. And he's second in hat tricks for the Kings. Of course, he was a three-time all-star with the Kings. Um, Played there from 81 to 90. Uh, So nice, nice long chunk there with the Kings. Drafted in the fourth round, of course. And as a rookie, he scored three straight hat tricks. That doesn't happen often. That's very impressive. Um, You know, just some highlights. The 87-88 season, you know, he finished plus two, which that doesn't sound like a a huge plus-minus. But this was on a team that was 12 games under 500, and the team was combined minus 259. And Bernie still goes positive, plus two. That is ultra-impressive. 88-89, of course, it was the year he scored 70 goals and 150 points. That's the third-highest point total in Kings history. Um, And he had eight points in one game that season against the Leafs. Only 13 players in NHL history have done that. Um, that that eight points um, that puts him in the category with guys that we already mentioned Lemieux, you know, four seasons in Kings top ten for shorthanded goals, including first and second in '88 and '89, um, and then of course we mentioned in 2012 he became a coaching consultant for the Kings and he, you know, was part of helping them get that Stanley Cup. So uh, Bernie, it's it's always difficult for me to know what to ask the the person when they're on the show about themselves. But, um, I mean, you were there for a good time period. You played with a lot of good players. I mean, is that the team that
2: you kind of think of first when
0: you look back on your career?
2: Absolutely. Uh, They're the team that drafted me, and I played there the longest. Uh, And I still have good connections there. I got to work with them when they won their cup, their first cup, which was really exciting. Uh, still have a lot of good friends there. So yeah, uh Kings will always be my number one team.
0: That's good to hear. Especially since we're doing the King show and I gotta get you on this <laughs> list of five. So
2: That's right. Well I <laughs> think i right. will be on that list of five for you, bud.
0: <laughs> yeah. So before we do our Q and A, we're gonna go into our vote. Uh Brian, you're in my top corner, so you get first vote tonight of the eight.
1: All right. Well, I, I mean, I got to go with a guy that had so much energy and it was such a great goal scorer, so I'm going to go with Luke Robitaille. Okay. And uh, as usual, guys, can't vote for your own. Just
3: throw that out there. Kevin. Um, I got to go with Marcel, point leader, second uh, plus minus uh, the guys that we're talking about. Um, he's definitely – Got to be on this list,
0: okay. Uh, I'll go next. I mean, I'm I'm torn between Kopitar and Brown because I, I I do believe Kopitar is like the of course the better scorer, but Brown is the type of player that I I like. You know, he's, he gets dirty. Um, wow, that, that that's tough. Yeah. Um, I guess, I, all right, I'm going to go with Kopitar.
2: Good Lord. Good choice, bud.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just, I like the grinders, man. I
2: was, you know, I was always a grinder, so. kind can a grinder is your top five, bud, though. Come on. Kopitar is, <laughs> oh, my God. My I couldn't believe he was shit. thinking
4: about it. it don't it's don't also know, what they mean
2: think. to the team, too, though. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah,
4: I think he should be made fun of for thinking about it so long. Absolutely. He should.
2: yeah. <laughs> Bernie was about to hang up, I think. <laughs> like if, he, if he was going to take uh, Brown over Kovacar, man, we're, I, we're out. I was, hoping,
4: no, <laughs> he I was hoping he would do I'm Brown not saying Brown was the
2: better player. I'm saying he
0: means more to the organization. But okay. <laughs> No chance in hell, bud.
2: Paul, you know, go ahead. They don't, win, they don't win either Stanley Cup without... Uh,
4: yeah, I mean, Kopitar was probably my first or second pick, but I agree with everything that's been picked so far. I I don't have a pick now because I can't pick for Gresky. I'm going Bernie, though. I can't believe you guys – not only was it disrespectful, Mike, about how much you thought about that question, it's disrespectful <laughs> that Bernie hasn't been picked yet. So
0: I'm hey, stepping I, up on picking
4: I, Bernie. I, I got news for you. We could take Kopitar off those teams, or we
0: could take Brown off those teams, and as long as Quick was still in net, they were getting it done.
2: There so. you go, bud, 100%. <laughs> Quickie wins. They win because of Quickie both years. Exactly. The guy was he the... should have been the MVP of both years. I agree. After, after game uh, three, he was the best player by far. Well, Bernie,
0: you get the final pick. We got uh, Taylor, Goring, Gretzky. And
2: I know you're not picking Browns, so <laughs> – <laughs> Oh I, I take the great one all day. Grancy, not okay. a not a question. Yeah. For for a lot of reasons. What he brought to LA, he made uh he made it a hockey town. Uh, he he's just a great one. He he was so much fun to play with. He brought the best out of everybody, which uh, most leaders do. And man, he, he lived it up when he was there. He, he was a lot of fun to play with.
4: I don't want to bring you too far into the soap opera, but before this, Kevin Adams and Michael Adams said I had no chance with Wayne Gretzky. They said, "Here's no way he'd be in there." They were rude to me and they were mean to me. Let him have it.
3: <laughs> I never okay. said that he didn't have a chance. How but, can you okay.
4: not?
0: I said uh, I had
3: him in
4: I had him
0: at
2: fifth. Is what I said.
4: I don't know if I remember that. Okay,
2: so, <laughs> but I mean, uh, yeah. It, it's if, tough not to have Gretz there. If we we're talking like, overall career, of course he's on, but you know No, but if you just talk about what he did, like look at his points from, from the time he was there every year. So I'm not sure what you want. Like if you talk about Brown's points every year, he was there. Oh my god, he scored twenty goals. Like Gretz scored twenty goals in the sleep every year. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, by, like, that, yeah, that's <laughs> different NHL he, too, though. And he I had mean. a whopping 50 points a year. Gretz <laughs> had that by Christmas. I think you
4: guys have, like, career bias about Gretzky. Like, because you knew you went on to have a great career, you're discounting what he did with the Kings. Think of him if, like, that was his career. That, those are good career numbers right there.
2: What did he have, like, one year, year in 89, his first year, I think he had 160 Four points, uh, then I think he said two
4: in, points in seventy-three games.
2: Yeah, eighty-nine, ninety. Okay, eighty-eight, eighty-nine. He had one hundred and sixty-four points, and then the next year's one hundred forty-two points, and we're even questioning it. Like Kevin and Mike were questioning it. Yeah, and what I did they say? Brown he had he had fifty points one year. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All oh. right, let, let, let's move into our Q&A. Brian, <laughs> go ahead.
1: Well, I, I mentioned earlier um, that you have the most shorthanded goals in the L.A. Kings history. Uh, so what was your mentality and, and strategy uh, on the pen, penalty kill that made you so successful with this part of your game?
2: Well, I think uh, I think it's the same as, like, when you, when you played the Oilers, right, Gretz and Curry would always kill penalties. And I think they kind of put the fear into the, the offensive players because a lot of times offensive teams will have four forwards out there, one defenseman. Chance of good, he's the offensive defenseman. So you're going to get a lot of chances. A lot of times killing penalties. So that's why you have a skilled player out there. And my thought was, and, and I know in uh, 89 there with Gretz, I killed penalties with Wayne that year, and I had eight shorthanded goals. And, man, when when the pucks turned over, we go. And you have the mindset of, like I said, chances are good you got a forward out there, or a real skilled def- or offensive defenseman. So uh, there's great opportunity to score, score shorthanded. And as an offensive player, you, you love that. Kevin.
3: Yeah, so you... Play with Gretzky for a season and a half in in L.A. What was kind of the mindset in uh, in the locker room and everything when you guys, like with your team, and you guys heard Gretzky was being traded over to you guys in L.A.?
2: Well, to
3: be excited,
2: you know, I think I'm selling that a little short. Uh, Couldn't believe it to begin with that he was coming to L.A. But what a great opportunity for all of us, right? You got arguably one of the greatest players to ever play the game coming. Uh, right away, he puts your team into a position to, to be successful. Uh, you went from uh, a hockey city that hardly even knew you played at times to it was the place to be. So uh, having the opportunity to play with it was for everybody. And I can speak for everybody. It was probably the greatest thrill for us, all of us. Paul? Well.
4: I was wondering if you could put us there with you and what your opinion is on this. You kind of had some. You were the product of some sudden trades, and then uh, later on, I was reading where you get traded to Edmonton, but you couldn't report there because you know I think your wife was pregnant and stuff like that, and so they end up finding you or withholding some money. Does is that just? Like, do you have animosity when you're playing with these teams, or like when you get traded like that? But, and do you would you have rather had like, you know, we're talking about Dustin Brown playing the whole career? Would you would do would you have rather just played your whole career with the Kings?
2: Well, I've said this different times. Uh, I honestly I couldn't imagine what it'd be like to play with Gretz for five, six, seven years. Right, I could play with them for a year and a half, and. I had 70 goals the first year and I don't know what I had when I get traded the next year, but that part was the the, the toughest part, right? So, um, but getting traded, I I went to New York, which original 16, uh, but I I would love to play my whole time there, obviously in LA, Uh, but when I I get traded to Edmonton, uh, I didn't report for two months, and I did, I got... I get fined $100,000 a month. So I, I get fined $200,000 for not showing up. Uh, but the general manager, Glenn, stayed there at the time. He, he said he'd give me 100000 uh for every round we won. And who we play the first round? We brought that up earlier. We played the Kings and Gretzky and we ended up beating them. And then we – I don't know who we played the second round. Maybe uh, – maybe Vancouver or somebody, but end up getting my money back anyways. And, uh, you know, we talked about playing my, my whole time in LA. As a Canadian boy, I've told this different times. Every Canadian boy has to play in Canada somewhere. And for me, it was forcing to play in Edmonton. It was great. Uh, like I said, the first team we played was the Kings. End up beating them. We had a great run. Went to the 70 finals that year. Uh, Chicago beat us and then... Pittsburgh ended up beating Chicago, so uh, yeah, that, that worked out really well.
0: I was going to ask you what what it meant to you to, to play on a Canadian team, and so you just answered that, so that's good. So let me ask you this then: your your last two seasons were in San Jose. You were kind of like the 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 elder statesman, the you know, kind of like the the leader that they looked up to. So, I mean, how was that for you to be in that type of position? where you're teaching the younger guys and, and a franchise that, you know, at that point, it still wasn't even, whether they in the league, like seven years at that point, six years.
2: Right. When I signed with uh, San Jose, the meeting I had with Dean Lombardi at the time was just that. Uh, I was the number one centerman at the time. They just drafted Patrick Marleau. Uh So eventually I would take a lesser role, which I, I want to do right. I, I love helping kids, teaching anything. So, for me, I was excited about that. And like I said, I, I was forced to play with Patrick Marlow, who just, as y'all know, broke uh, Gordy Hell's record for the most games I've played ever. And uh, so, it, it was good. I, I think for most most guys, when they wind down, they enjoy that taking that role of leadership and and helping the young kids. Uh, giving back sort of, and, and I really enjoyed that. You got time for one more each? Sure.
1: Brian, go ahead. So back early in your career, um, in the early 80s, you had a four-goal game against, uh, against Quebec, uh, in which you scored one goal in each period and then, and then overtime. So uh, what do you remember
2: about that game? Everything. <laughs> it was <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, I know the 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 second goal was um, five on three, um, but it, it was a lot of fun uh, to score that and be the first player to ever to do that, and a record that will never be broke. It was obviously tied, um, but no, it was a lot of fun anytime you score score a goal, period. But that was my first four-goal game. Uh, this, the fourth one was in – over time, I kind of split the defenseman and shot it, and uh, kind of caught the goalie kind of up high, but went top top corner, which was kind of fun. Uh, so I remember the game. I remember the goals, and like I said, anytime you score four goals, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Kevin,
3: so I want to take you to ninety-two, ninety-three. Uh Pittsburgh Penguins had arguably one of the best seasons ever and you guys played them in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> uh how was that uh playing them in, in and that, that caliber of a team in the first round and what was that like?
2: Yeah, um you know, I think if I'm not mistaken, was that the year uh that Mario Founders knocked him out. Yeah, but um Was I in New York or New Jersey at the time? New Jersey. Yeah, because it was actually because I know with Pittsburgh, right? And Mario and I love Mario. And I actually was with the Kings when stopped Gretz's fifty-one or two-game point streak. I was in New York with Mario, and we didn't stop Mario. He stopped himself. He, He. couldn't play after the first period because of his back or something. And he had 41 games. And, you know, I I think he would have scored every night. That's how uh, good he was. And I I felt devastating for him when he couldn't play because of an injury, right? But I I remember, yeah, uh, they they were so good that year. They beat us in four. They beat us in five. Five. Yeah.
0: I think you guys won the first game, actually.
2: Yeah, well, if we did, it was a fluke because they were good. And uh, we. the next year, obviously, we were a lot better in New Jersey uh, with Marty. We got Marty and, and them. So, but no, Pittsburgh was and a lot of fun, right? Like when you play a team that good and they go on to win the cup, you, you don't mind when you get put out by a team that, that wins. You know, you get beef for the best. Paul. Cool.
4: Last we are talking to Kevin Stevens about facing the Legion of Doom, and he, it was, you know, he knew how physical they were, and it was a matchup he definitely would pay attention to. Is there is there a matchup with a player or a line that you just see on the calendar and you're like marking it down?
2: And you're like, here we go. You know what? I've said this every time I've been asked. My toughest player I ever played against was Mark Messier, and we're both centermen. Uh, With the Kings, we played the Oilers all the time, so I'd face off with Mark. Uh, I get traded to, well, when I was in New Jersey, he's in New York. That series, when they won the Cup, we went seven games, double overtime, game seven. I got Mark Messi all night. And, uh, you know, there's not a guy I have more respect for than Mark. Uh, I would love to play for him. I get traded for him from New York to Edmonton. I, I just would have loved to played with him, but he was by far the guy that I knew every night. When you play against him, he was such he was so strong. He was mean when he was younger. Couldn't wait till he scored fifty goals. Then he decided sooner score goals than beat the hell out of you. Uh, but he was he was the guy that. Of any of them, he was the guy that gave me the toughest time. So you have so many accomplishments that you have
0: achieved points-wise. And I don't think we're ever going to see numbers like that again in the NHL. I mean, I don't think we're going to see 150 points. I don't think we'll see 70 goals ever again. Um, and then you got a lot of uh, single-game accomplishments as well with the eight points, of course, and the four goal games. I mean, is there one that sticks out to you that is like you feel is is the best thing you did on the ice?
2: You know, uh, well, the one thing about my 150 points and the 70 goals, I had to get five points that night. It was my last game, even though we had another game. Uh, Gretz and I weren't going to play in the 80th game. Uh, But to score 70 goals, and and 150 points, I I don't know how you can top that. Um, You know, I always say the greatest series I ever played in was New Jersey, New York, even though I lost it, Uh, that was some great hockey. Um, The first year we played the Oilers with Edmonton when Gretzky get traded, that game goes seven, that series went seven games And game seven at home, I scored two goals and two assists in the biggest game maybe in L.A. Kings history at the time with Gretz and that. That was a pretty good accomplishment. So, you know what? There's just so many as far as so many great times. Uh, It's tough just to kind of pick one.
0: Great career. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Really appreciate that. You're, you know, you're, you're right up there in our, in our book with obviously top I made five. Top five
2: that's top right. Five. You made
0: top five. You got so it. That, that's great. <laughs> and uh, we appreciate you coming on. I want to remind everybody to subscribe to the YouTube channel, the iHeartRadio channel, the Spotify channel, the Google podcast channel and the Facebook group, subscribe to all of them. Let's get you on board on for all of them. So thank you for everyone for watching tonight. Have a good night. God bless.